You are listening to Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga, a podcast designed to explore yoga philosophy and psychology, taking it beyond the mat and into the world. How can we connect yoga and psychology to everyday life? My name is Jen, I'm your host, world-traveling yoga instructor, blogger, and the founder of Iveya Luna, Mindful Wellbeing, Peaceful Living. Every week on the podcast, we will be exploring different topics through yogic and psychological perspectives. I will occasionally be welcoming brilliant guests and hosting exciting Q&As. So join me as we wander the heart, the mind, and the world on this podcast, wherever you are on your journey. I'll meet you there. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga. I hope that you guys are well. I hope that you're enjoying the last few days of January before we enter February. Um, Thomas and I booked our flights this weekend. Uh, we booked our flight to Hawaii um, and then the flights after that. And now we just have to fine tune some wedding stuff and some travel stuff for Hawaii. Um, and then after that, we're headed to, to you know, do all of this. <laughs> we're, we're headed to the adventure. Um, so we're going to be in London for another three months roughly let's say 13 weeks or so and then we're leaving that's it one-way tickets all the way um and then we're coming back to europe but not to london and we're going to croatia as in we're not we're not coming back to the uk we're going to croatia so um and then we'll be there until further notice but uh, but yeah it was so exciting and it took me a few minutes actually after we booked the tickets i was just sitting there like looking over the bookings and thomas just looks at me like Jen, you realize what we just booked, right? And I was like, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to Hawaii. <laughs> and so it was very, very exciting. Um, I, I started jumping up and down. Um, for those of you who don't know, Hawaii is a very special place for me. Um, I've not been. <laughs> I've never been. But I was saving it for a very, very special time in my life, okay? And then in time, it became where I wanted to have my honeymoon. And now it's where Thomas and I are getting married and having our honeymoon. And I could not be more excited. And even Thomas is very excited. I mean, Thomas didn't mind so much where we got married and had our honeymoon. So I kind of took the lead on that one. <laughs> but now he's so excited as well because of how excited I am. And I I mean, there's so much. I'm not going to bore you guys with the details of my bond with Hawaii and Hawaiian culture and Hawaiian music and Hawaiian, you know, uh, like spirituality and all of that stuff and my connection to all of that um but I just want to say that this is so peak I'm so excited to be getting married in a traditional Hawaiian way on the beach in Hawaii and and I'm really excited to have our honeymoon there and to be exploring and traveling around Hawaii because it's just been a long time coming and it's just very exciting for me <laughs> and uh, and for both of us then we're heading to Montreal where we're going where we're going to be having a celebration of our wedding there as well and then we're going to have one in Slovakia with Thomas's family um it was just to avoid everybody having to be in one place at once um which is a nightmare because we have friends and family all over the place so we thought this was a good way and then the getting married elsewhere was again just to avoid uh, any complications and also just to be the two of us right like there tends to be so much drama around weddings it's just I really wanted that time we really wanted that time and that day specifically to just be you know simple and between me and Thomas so uh, so that was the the inspiration for that and then of course just to avoid yeah the, the confusion um 
so we're very excited about that we're very excited about our travel plans there's a lot going on and as I've mentioned a couple episodes ago a lot going on with our businesses but um That's what the next three months are for, and we're really going to launch ourselves into a new chapter uh, when we leave. So there's a lot to be done in the next three months. But anyway, enough of that. Um, Today's episode is going to be the part two (laughs) of the gaslighting behaviors episode. So last week we did part one. We talked about uh, general ways of identifying and handling gaslighting behavior. Today we're going to be getting into more detail, giving different examples, and I'm going to be working in some boundary work. So for those of you who don't know me uh, or who are listening to me for the first time, boundaries are a really big thing for me in the work that I do with my clients and obviously in terms of the talks on the show. On the show, um, I think boundaries are really important. I think we should all get comfortable with our boundaries and with setting them. And I think that they create good balance in our lives, right? They create health in our relationships with ourselves, with others. And I think that, yeah, they're just very important. So that's going to be a big aspect of today's show, uh, today's episode. Um, so to recap quickly, quickly, last week we talked about, yeah, like I said, the different ways of identifying the behaviors. We talked about the things that happen uh, when you're in a relationship where, or when you're dealing with someone who has gaslighting tendencies or behaviors now we also said that the person might not know that they're gaslighting you Uh, they might not even know either because they don't know what it's called but they're intentionally doing something or because there's just such a complete lack of emotional intelligence and lack of awareness that the behaviors um, be they on purpose or not be they intentional or not are gaslighting behaviors so and this is something I really wanted to talk about today is I think just understanding that there, you know, relationships are so complex and human behavior is so complex and there are so many things that happen that can be toxic or unhealthy and they're not necessarily gaslighting. Um, the reason why I'm talking about gaslighting specifically is because it's one way to tackle one topic in this massive umbrella of, you know, things that we could possibly talk about when we're talking about unhealthy dynamics and um toxic relationships so the different behaviors that happen sometimes it's just a question of like I said a lack of self-awareness or a lack of emotional intelligence or emotional maturity from the person who's exhibiting these unhealthy behaviors and it's often learned behavior right like often we will do to others what we what we've had done to us if we're not careful And that's part of growing and healing is changing the way that not only we think, but the way that we feel and the way that we act. And a lot of people don't go through those changes. A lot of people don't realize that they need to or, you know, they just don't want to or, you know, maybe they tried once and it was just too painful and they've not since and since then they've not done it. It, it, You know, you can't judge. We can't know for sure why these things happen on that level, like in the sense like the person makes a decision not to not to go through the healing process but it's still not our place to judge yes they are there those are choices that people make sure and yes people choose to be a certain way fine but we're not here to talk about what kind of journey everybody should be on and what kind of things people should be doing we're just talking about you know the symptoms of certain behaviors and how to handle those behaviors so some of the examples i want to get into about gaslighting is yes, I mean, gaslighting in a nutshell is manipulating someone into questioning their own reality or their own sanity. So 
ways in which people will do that is lying or um for example they'll, they'll tell a lie on purpose right like it's not they, they they just forgot right they really are telling a lie and when and they know you know they're lying but they don't care they want to see you kind of go crazy a little bit right the main thing with gaslighting is that they want to you know ignite you essentially right they want you to be like oh my god what is going on here this is insane like and they want to see you angry they want to see you desperately trying or frantically trying to make sense of things they want to see you question yourself they want to see you um just emotionally completely uh, you know uh, anguished and um that's what they want to see and the important thing to note with this is that that's how they feel inside yeah and this is a reoccurring thing i always say this the way that people behave is indicative of how they feel and of who they are, not of how you should feel or who you are, right? And the thing with with gaslighting behavior is that, well, and one of the ways in which they do this is through projection, right? Where they put onto you these things that they feel or that they think, and then you become the object of their aversion to those things about themselves, right? So, for example, if someone feels like they are selfish and narcissistic, for example, or there's like a level of awareness of this in their minds, or people have told them like, you know, you're really selfish, blah, blah, blah. Well, they will go to someone who's not selfish and just say to them like, oh, you're so selfish. You're so narcissistic. Most of the time, typically in those situations, the person's not narcissistic or selfish right? As in the person being told this is not, but the person gaslighting is, right? And they know they are, or they've been told that they are, and they refuse to believe that they are. Maybe make those changes, or maybe realize that there's another way that they can behave instead, or tap into why it is that people in their lives think that they're selfish. So they go to you, right? Or to the person that they're going to start gaslighting or start having this toxic dynamic with, and they're going to project these things onto them. And they're going to say things like, you're so selfish, how could you do this? Or you're so narcissistic, you don't care about anything. The two main things here are, well, one, projection, obviously, but, and so that you feel small and so that you feel attacked and, you know, defensive and, right? Like, obviously, that's that's an attack in a way. But the second thing is because that's how they feel, right? That's why they project it. it, it you, they're projecting what, what's inside, yeah? It's It doesn't come from nothing. It comes from what they're feeling inside. But the, but the other thing is that in, in this process, right, they are making you feel like there's something you need to reevaluate, yeah? And so then you start to think, well, am I? They seem to say it so much. They seem to say it with such conviction. Am I? You know? And then that's the thing. That's the manipulation into making you feel like you have to question your reality or your sanity, now, this differs wildly from someone saying, listen, I love you, but perhaps, you know, there's something that you can do uh, to make your relationships better. You know, sometimes it can happen that it's difficult to talk with you because, you know, you, you emotionally dump a lot, for example, or, you know, perhaps people need to set a, a more boundaries around you because you can become somewhat emotionally invasive, for example. You know, like there's a difference between having a conversation like that and saying, 
listen, you know, the way friends do and the way in, in relationships you, you grow together. Like there's one way, that's one thing. And then there's projecting and just attacking someone with traits, using someone's being or someone's traits or qualities or even flaws as ammunition. Um, those things should never be used as ammunition because no one's perfect. And if we're going to start doing that, like all hell will break loose, right? And it, and it does often. So in that behavior that the person's exhibiting, the person who's gaslighting, that's what they're doing. They're projecting, they're making you question yourself and whether or not it's true, really, their intention with that is not to shine light on something so that you can get better. And they're not trying to help you, no. They feel so inadequate. They feel so crappy about themselves that they can't and they can't stand it that they have to make someone else feel it for a while they have to make you take some of the burden because it's just too much and you you find this a lot with parents and children as well right you'll have parents who've been through whatever they've been through and who never really went through the healing process and then they kind of do the exact same thing and they repeat the same cycle with their kids and then they they start to dump all their emotional baggage on their children um, and they'll do the projecting, they'll do the um, the blaming, right? And this, this is quite, quite common. Suddenly the kids are the object of, or like the scapegoat, for example, right? Like everything is that kid's fault. It's their fault that, you know, the mother feels this way or it's their fault that the father feels that way and, or, you know, and it, it's all these different things. And then there's projection as well, right? The mother or the father might feel really bad about their lives because they've been through abuse as well or they're just not happy with their lives. And then suddenly, you know, you are this and you are that and it's like the two have nothing to do with one another. And the projection will often happen because the parents do not see themselves as separate from their children. They see their children as a part of them, as an extension of them, which really is not healthy your children are a separate being from you and your parents are a separate being from you and just the way you deserve your own individuality and your own being and your own existence so do your children but equally so did our parents our parents also have separate existences so we need to see that difference we need to see that they are their own people with their own stories from long before we were born right and the same way when we become parents we have all our lives and all our baggage and we kind of bring that into our parenting if we're not careful and the important part of healing is yes of course for us so that we can be happier beings but also so that we don't perpetuate these negative dynamics right these these toxic cycles over and over and over again because we know better now right like we've understood things a lot better now than for example old like past generations have so we need to use these tools but now, going back to the gaslighting behavior, I mean, I'm talking about parents and children here because it's quite a common one and I've gotten a lot of comments and questions about these particular dynamics since last week's episode, so that's why I'm touching on this. But yes, absolutely, like this this idea of parents and children being one and parents having trouble separating themselves from their kids, that is a massive issue. And you'll have it, especially with like mothers and daughters, for example, yeah? It'll be this you know, you'll have a competition sometimes or jealousy. Uh, and then you have this projection all the time. Um, they see this person with all this potential and their whole lives in front of them. And some women, you know, some mothers struggle with that. And um, it can create a lot of friction between the two. And there'll be a lot of projection because often, you know, the parent feels bad about themselves or feels regret or feels... 
um, just unhappy about something, yeah? And then they can't handle that. And because you're an extension of them, you're the perfect outlet for dumping all the overload, all the extra weight. Um, and you take on things that you should never have had to take on. The trouble is with these things, I mean, it's it's unhealthy at any point in our lives, but it's especially difficult when it happens when we're young because we don't have the tools to be able to understand what's happening. Heck, even as adults, you know, we don't always have the tools until we have to, right? Um, so as children, we, we can't possibly understand what we need to do. And when it's people who are supposed to care for you and who are your caretakers and they're doing this to you, it's extremely confusing and your safety is sort of tampered with, right? Like that emotional safety you're supposed to feel that parents are supposed to provide is tampered with, you know? It's not unconditional love. It's not unconditional safety. It's constantly games and and and, and stress response and drama and uh, and and we become accustomed to this and we become accustomed to being almost like an emotional crutch for our parents because we feel so guilty because we feel so connected now into this pain we then take it on and then we always want to fix it we always want to be like well no 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 and because we've watched it for so long because we've made so much sense out of the entire dynamic because we've seen like right okay this is what's this is what she's doing or this is what he's doing this is what they're feeling this is what's happening and especially right as you've gone through your emotional journey your healing process that can make it even more complicated for you because you you it's almost like you know better in a way simply put you know better and um and that can be confusing for you because then see had you not had an emotional awakening or done any personal work it, I mean, sure, you would have noticed that something was wrong, for example, but you wouldn't necessarily have understood why or how, or and you certainly wouldn't have been able to find a solution, right? You certainly wouldn't be able to f- make the dynamic healthier because, you know, you, you're still in it in a way as well, right? And then you would probably replicate that same dynamic with, with, with your various relationships. Um, but when you have done the, the work and you have done the healing, um... Again, it's not so black and white, but just for the sake of the the just for the sake of the point I'm trying to make. But when you have gone through all that, you then see it even more clearly. Like it's no longer an emotional thing. It's no longer, oh, this is so messed up. It's more like, right, this is what's happening. I get it because this used to happen to me when I was a kid, and now I know that it's this, 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 this. And then sometimes what tends to happen is that you tend to want to fix it now. Like you tend to want to make the changes now because you figure, well, now I have the tools to make it better. I have the tools to fix it. I know I can fix it. I know I can help. Right? I don't know if you've ever thought that or felt that way, but it's a very common thing. We think we can make it better, want to fix it. And that stems from, well, first of all, feeling like we had to as kids, right? Whether it be survival or whether it be because... Well, usually, yes, emotional survival. And also just because that was what we had to do. Like, that was the only way we could calm everything down was to sort of be like, right, okay. um, I'm, you know, I'm really... I, I need to make this better. I need to, I'm, I'm to blame. I need to make this better. You know, it's it's too much. It's too much. Like, right? And, and that whole dialogue. And then as you get older, it's like, yeah, you're now an adult and you know better and you're this, 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 and you've created your own life and perhaps you've even set some boundaries already um, as the adult that you are, especially if you have 
family relationships that are very complicated like this, they're definitely, and you can't just cut these people out, let's say, um, and you don't want to, but definitely boundaries have to be put in place. Um, it's difficult because obviously we do sort of revert back to who we were sometimes if we're not careful, right? We do. So then on one end, you have this, oh, I'm 12 years old again and I'm feeling helpless and it's making me feel crazy because I feel unheard and unseen again because that's always how I've felt before. But at the same time, I have the tools and I have the self-awareness now and the emotional intelligence and maybe even some solutions but I don't know what to do. So it's like on one end, you can see it clearly and you're like, right, okay, I have this, I've got this. And you want to find the same peace in these relationships as you have in your own life. But then on the other end, you're also like re-feeling all the things because the dynamic hasn't changed or certain parts of the dynamic haven't changed. And then you find yourself back to square one where you're like, yeah, feeling helpless, feeling stressed, feeling very emotional, maybe even angry. Uh, and you're feeling... Yeah, just like you're not being listened to, like you're not being heard, you're not being seen. And that's very, very frustrating. And at the end of the day, we all want to be seen and heard, right? Like it's a human desire, it's a human need. And when we don't feel like we are being seen and heard, especially by people who we figure should be able to see us and, and, and hear us, like our parents, for example, um, it can make us feel very helpless, like I said, and and, and a lot of other emotions, really. And when you're trying to reason and you're trying to make it better and then it has, you know, no, it only gets worse, let's say, in the conversation that you're having or the altercation or whatever. It's infuriating, really, because you, you feel, I think, a part of disappointment. Um, and I know I, I feel a, a level of disappointment as well because I figure, well, why did I bother? Well, this was just a mess. This just got worse. But also there's that feeling of, yeah, but this is what it used to be and this is what I got out of and now I'm back here again. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I've had a lot of clients tell me the same things and I know the feeling, I, you know, and I think we can all relate to an extent um, in different, on different levels to, this, to these feelings, you know. And, uh, the, and the thing with this is that, yeah, you know, you're going to get into a dynamic like that. And for sure, just because you've changed doesn't mean the other person has changed. So they're going to continue doing the exact same thing. They're going to continue the gaslighting behavior. They're going to continue, you know, projecting. They're going to continue blaming you. They're going to continue throwing things in your face. They're going to continue doing things so that you feel powerless, right? They're scrambling now, especially the more, you know, aware you become and the older you get and the, the less control they have over you. And a lot of the case, like a lot of the times that's, that's what they're seeking. The less control they feel they have, the more they're frantically going to try to, to box you in and, and squash you, so to speak, because that's what they, that's what they feel. First of all, they feel squashed and they feel right all those things, and then suddenly you become the object of blame, right? They feel like that because of you. You're ignoring them. You're not, right? And and so you become the reason that they're emotionally hungry or emotionally uh, unfulfilled and and in pain. And then it's your, your fault. You're the reason. You're making me feel like this. Another example is, for is for instance, in a relationship... Let's say you're you're dealing with your relationship with your partner and they do something that makes you feel betrayed or abandoned. 
it doesn't mean that they've abandoned you. It's that you have a fear of abandonment or you've been abandoned emotionally, physically, like literally, you know, somebody walking out out of your life just like that. Um, or, or just that feeling of um, emotional abandonment, either from your childhood, right? Like parents withholding affection or withholding uh, from their children. So that's a fear that you have, rejection, uh, and and then so when a partner just says, I don't know, I need space or, oh, how about I have a day, how about I just take an afternoon, I need to clear my head and it's a perfectly normal thing to not have to be together all the time and you know this in your mind, but in your heart you feel gutted, you know, you just feel like, oh my God, I'm being rejected, he's withholding, she's withholding, right? So then you kind of associate this feeling to your partner and you might blame your partner for making you feel this way. But really, the, the issue was elsewhere. It was from way before, for example. Yeah, it's that same thing. So if we go back to the parents analogy, what's going to happen is that because they feel the things that they feel, probably for, from their childhood and from their lives, that they've not healed and dealt with, you're then to blame every time they, that their pains are triggered. You're to blame. And even though you're trying to set a boundary for yourself, for example, or you're trying to uh, step away to get a breather to protect yourself because it's not healthy for you, well, now you're the reason why they're in that emotional anguish, right? Even though you're really just doing something healthy, yeah? And so that's that's where that happens. And then the gaslighting behavior definitely will be, yes, the, project the projecting the lying but also the oh you always do this oh my god here we go again like that's gaslighting behavior the person's making you feel like you're not allowed to feel the way you're feeling like you're not right to be feeling the way you feel like perhaps your emotions are not right like it, it's just you being you you being dramatic or you being like here we go again oh my god like it's always like this like that's gaslighting behavior as well you're absolutely allowed to feel whatever you're feeling and if the person really wants to know or really wants to help they're going to say what is hurting you what is how can we make this better like I'm here for you yeah the person will would hold space for you but when a person is shutting off or withholding or just pushing you to the side with insults or with um or with just putting you down like that that is gaslighting behavior and that would drive anybody crazy okay so I just want you to know that when you're in those situations and you're dealing with someone who's passive aggressive or who's gaslighting it's normal to feel very angry it's normal to feel very powerless and to want to just scream because you want them to hear you you want them to listen especially if you're trying to make it better right like you're in the conversation you're trying to have a rational conversation you're trying to make it better and it's just getting worse and the more you talk the more they have the more they're going to say um, and I've been in those situations and I try 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 and I'm like can we just be rational can we just be rational I'm not even attacking here like I can easily just hang up right now or walk away or whatever and I'm not like I'm here I'm showing up like, I want to have this conversation. And it's just like, you cannot. You know, like, you just cannot reason. You cannot reason with them. And uh, and it makes you crazy because you're trying to say, like, okay, well, let's not do this. Let's not do that. Like, let's try, you know. And it's almost like the more, the more you step up, the more you kind of have these positive things in a way, it's almost like that scares them. 
even though you're there to help them it's like it freaks them out that you that you're able to i don't know reason or set boundaries or try to make this better you know either because it's always like this or it's just like the wrong time or the wrong context regardless they're triggered now and that's it like the claws are out and they're just they're gonna go crazy and they're gonna make sure that you feel like absolute crap you know what i mean and um and then yeah so then it's all the other behaviors that come out and then and then also the, the throwing in your face, like, oh, when people throw something in your face, by the way, that's also a form of gaslighting. Like saying something like, well, you know, that's that's rich coming from you, given that, you know, you had this, 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 this in your life last month. And it's like, huh? First of all, that's so irrelevant to what we're talking about now. Secondly, I told you that in confidence. And third, why are you using that against me? Why are you using my own life experiences against me? Like, what? you know, like that's, that's inappropriate right that's not a way to treat someone and I for example I would never do that to someone say you know to to build ammunition I'm just going to shut this person down and and make them feel bad and make them feel rejected when you care about someone you don't want them to feel like they have to protect themselves from you emotionally or physically right you they need to know that you're holding space for them that you're showing up for them that you've got their backs the only way you can have someone's back and show up for them and hold space for them is to be loving and open and compassionate and honest and loyal. Like, you can't be using things against someone. That's not the foundation for a healthy relationship or a healthy a healthy exchange, even just that moment, right? Um, and it shouldn't be done to you either. And I think when these things happen when when it, the, the people like they're using all their cards right because the thing is initially they're not playing with a full deck of cards anyway right like you try to reason you try to reason and you just cannot because you're not you're playing two different games yeah or or you're playing with two i mean they're, either they're not playing with a full deck of cards or they're just playing with the wrong deck of cards like you've got cards and they've got uno cards or something like that i mean i don't even know <laughs> but it's two completely separate things but most of all it's just i would say not a full deck of cards because it's more to do with the fact that, that not everything is there the way it should be. Uh, not everything is being handled properly. It's really just flown off into some kind of unhealthy tangent. So, but when you're having a rational conversations, conversation, it's all the cards on the table, you know what I mean? Like, it's full disclosure and we're doing this for real and you're dealing with a full deck of cards. That's why I use that example. But, but yeah, so when you're having that exchange... Uh, and they're, they're frantically like throwing out all these random things, like throwing things in your face and suddenly you're to blame or they're rolling their eyes at you or they're teaming like, you know, if they're t if it's you with talking to your parents, for example, I don't know. Um, and then, then they start teaming up or whatever and being like, oh, my God, can you believe this? Can you believe this? Like them doing that, that's a form of gaslighting as well. They want to make you feel or even with, with when any, any two people do this to you, right? Like I had a, a recent experience like this as well with a business partnership um, where I was trying to say something and I was like, no, no, like this is how this happened. And I was recalling it. And obviously the two of them were just like, well, no, that's not how, you know, blah, 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 blah. Obviously when it's two against one, like it's, I mean, it's two against one. What are you going to do, you know? Um, but But that's that same thing. So whether it's like that or whether it's two friends or two or both your parents whatever um the two against one tactic is also quite uh, a powerful one and not in a good way when you have one looking at the other like oh my god can you believe like can you believe she's doing this like can you believe like just to gain credibility right and you're just there like okay um what <laughs> can we just focus on you know and that's another way to gain credibility so 
for themselves and ammunition against you. And don't forget, when someone's withholding or when someone's rejecting emotionally, um, that is a form, well, I mean, it's passive aggressive, yes, but it's also abusive behavior. I mean, depending what's going on, that is abusive behavior. Um, unfortunately, it's very common, but even silent treatment, for example, like that's very unhealthy behavior. And um, I know sometimes for banter, it's like, you know, but there's one thing, there's a difference between saying I need some space right now and I, and I, you know, and I'm just going to give you the silent treatment now to punish you or to make you feel like you need to chase me now, right? Or to make you feel like you have to frantically seek my approval or whatever and um, or apologize or whatever. Uh, that's unhealthy. Like if you need some space, you need some space. That's it. You just say so respectfully and then the other person respects you. And then in due time, you speak to one another. But the silent treatment or the who's going to say sorry first, like, I mean, that's a, maybe a topic for another episode, but that already is um, is, is, is problematic. It, it's the beginning of, of just, you know, well, A, not communicating, but B, sort of chipping a little bit at that respect and at that trust that should be you know, reinforce in a relationship over time. Well, you're kind of chipping away at that, right? With those little behaviors. Um, but yeah, so for the but for the gaslighting, anything that makes you feel like, oh my God, am I going crazy right now? This can't possibly be, that is gaslighting behavior. Anything that makes you think, oh my God, would you just listen? <laughs> That's gaslighting behavior. Uh, anything that makes you want to, mm, like anything where it's like you feel like you're behind a glass window uh, and people can't hear you and like they can see you but they can't hear you they you know so you're trying to be extra expressive to be like hello please listen like I have like here let's do it differently right and then you start to write out a paper and you put the paper against the window you think okay maybe this way they'll they'll pay attention nope still no and then meanwhile they're looking at you as if you're some kind of monkey in a museum or in a lab I mean I don't even know or in the jungle and they're like, wow, look at look at all these hysterics. Look at this crazy person. And you're just like, no, I'm trying to find different ways to get through to you. But because they because there's that wall that was sorry, that window. They they just see the hysterics or whatever they want to perceive as hysterics. Yeah. And that window is that that lack of full deck of cards on the other side. Yeah. With the person that you're trying to reason with. That window is like that lack of self-awareness, that lack of emotional intelligence or um, that lack of holding space for someone in that moment or always. Right. Like it, that window could be many things, but that's what causes the problem. And then obviously when you can't be heard or you can't be listened to and you're again, not even trying to be hurtful, like you're trying to do this to, to help. You then find yourself, well, yeah, A, reverting back to past dynamics, probably, if if those are things that, that you were brought up with or that you've had in the past. So you will revert back to that. And also, um, and also on the on the other end, you find yourself hurting yourself, right? It's it hurts. And you it's just it's emotionally difficult and it's painful and it's not something that you need but we we try and we give in and we want to fix it all the time but you you can't you can't fix everything you can't always put yourself in harm's way like that and and it's difficult decision to make and it's difficult to know when and how and I I know that and it's something that that I think we we never have the the right answer to I think it's something that has to be really case per case and 
and it just depends on so many variables but what I'm trying to shine light on is well yeah the behavior in and of itself that we're talking about in this episode and last episode and also ways that in which you can deal with it like when you find yourself in situations like this pull out don't try to think you know this time I'm gonna get I'm gonna say what I have to say or this time I'll get through to them no like if this is something that keeps happening over and over again and especially if it's something that for example it's a family member and it's been happening all your life then it's time to maybe accept that that's just how it's going to be and you need to pull out you need to set yourself some solid boundaries you know that you will make sure you keep at all times and that's really difficult I know it's really difficult and like I for one moved away two and a half years ago and even with distance and with time it's still difficult sometimes to keep the boundaries that I set. It, it doesn't matter that you live, you know, across the ocean or whatever. Um, it doesn't matter that you maybe don't even see your family that often. It doesn't matter. It's the it's really in the interactions, isn't it? And it's in the way that we behave in our interactions. And I've learned that as well. You know, it's it's not true that like yes, my life is separate, and yes, my life is is away from from a lot that I don't want to be around. Um, but, but it's not even just that, right? Like I, the life that we have here, Thomas and I, for example, <clears throat> like, yes, our families are not in London with us. Sure. Um, and, and for, if in some ways that was really great, right? Like, I think it's, it's nice to start over and build a life from scratch and all of that stuff. And sure, there's a lot of drama back home. I think we all have some drama back home and, um, and to not have to be around it is great. But let me tell you, you know, if you if you let it in or you take it on, it, it really doesn't matter where in the world you are. You're it, you're going to be taking it on. So it's it's not so much about location or about how many times you see these people. It's really and, and not even how many times you talk, right? Um, it's how. <clears throat> sorry, it's how you interact with people in general, but also in these situations. It's how are you setting the necessary boundaries? How are you? giving in like for example I've not been I've not seen my family and friends in Canada in a, a year and a half or yes about a year and a half and um and it's or almost anyway and it doesn't mean that I've not had altercations like it doesn't mean that I've not had uh, some arguments right of course like well, I mean not with my friends but like sure my parents and I like we've had some some fallings fallings out falling outs falling anyway like we've had some altercations I mean I do, there's nothing to be ashamed of like of course we have and um and it doesn't matter really where you are in the world it's kind of just like right this is just a reality these are things that happen um and interactions are still interactions now sure what I've learned is is to hold space for yourself and to create space around you as well so that you can fill your life with positive things. Yes, that's necessary. Um, those are also boundaries, right? Um, but it's also how you interact with the people. So I'm not suggesting now that you should all move away <clears throat> and and just, you know, not talk to anybody for a really long time. Um though that can feel like the solution and though that can feel really nice like this is why people like to go travel and gain some perspective and yes that's very true um but that shouldn't be the why behind big life choices like that right it shouldn't be the why um and I just want to say like that's really not why I moved to London like I, I had so many 
other reasons for why I wanted to move away and start a brand new life and do all these other exciting things that had nothing to do with the rest. But what I have noticed being away is that, yes, of course, I gained a lot of perspective. I I developed a lot and I've grown a lot. And um, and it's been an amazing thing, an amazing, amazing transformation over the last couple of years. But the work that had to be done in terms of boundaries was really about interacting, interacting. And it didn't really matter. It wasn't about being on the other side or being across the ocean. It was nothing like that. It was really my decision with people, understanding the things that were going on and what relationships I didn't want to have anymore and which ones I wanted to have and how I was going to have them. And I think it's still difficult sometimes to to not go back or not revert back to who we were, especially with who we were. I mean, to maybe a, a younger version of ourselves or um, a version of ourselves that is, um, like, again, especially with parents, right? We tend to all kind of become 12 again or something. It's really weird. But um, I think, and there's nothing really wrong with that, really. But it's more when it becomes actually damaging, you know? And I think we need to remember who we are always and we need to remember the behaviors always and the things that we learn, the things that we know now as adults, we need to be able to carry them with us, especially in situations where we feel like we become young again. And that's a topic that I'm really exploring a lot lately is how much of us is current when we go to people that we've known all our lives and how much of us is young again in a way and how that affects our interactions for example when I'm having my conversations with my parents let's say they've known me all my life of course and I always feel like sometimes yeah it's like I'm a kid again for some things it's like they and they still see me as a kid right and 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 that's fine right like they the the the, the part of my life that they've had more access most access to is the part where I was living with them and whatever it doesn't matter how many years have passed since then right but at the same time I do feel like an adult and the conversations that we have are adult conversations and the things that I bring to the table now are not the things I brought to the table you know 10 years ago or whatever um and I and I recognize that but then when we are having a, a, a like an altercation for example um then then suddenly I do feel like a kid again because that's where they finally feel like my parents in a way again, right? Because we always say how we're parent we're like that they're my parents, yes, but they're also my friends and they say the same thing about me. And so I guess that's like the adult part of the relationship that we have. And then there's like the parent child relationship and I don't think it's there's anything wrong with that. I think it, it might just be instinctive that, you know, they just revert back to being parents and I revert back to being the child. And then I try to be the adult or I try to be an adult, but they're still being parents kind of thing for better, for worse. And then the wires get all crossed and then it just becomes a bit of a shit show. Pardon my language, but it's basically what happens. And I've wondered like how to find that balance. Like, should I just in those situations bow out entirely because we're at, we're on a playing field that's just never going to be like two, like three adults talking or or should I still try to reason as an adult and be like, right, but except I'm not a kid anymore, so can we try to be adults here? Like, I still wonder that sometimes. Um, because for other people in my family, like, it would be a no-brainer to just be like, no, I'm not a kid anymore, you can't talk to me like that anymore. Or 
you know, the dynamics have changed and, and either it happens without talking about it or you actually have to talk about it and say, yeah, this is not appropriate anymore, et cetera, et cetera, and really set your boundaries. Um, I think obviously, of course, it's more complicated with parents. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm basically, my opinion about that is just that I think, you know, if you can have a friendship with your parents, that's really important. But at the end of the day, they are, they are still your parents and, um, and who they are as your parents is probably different than who they are as your friends. And then when the two overlap, it can become really messed up for you. And I guess when you overlap with who you were, maybe, uh, you know, as a kid or when you were living with them, you know, maybe the two sides of you can overlap as well. And it becomes quite confusing. So my advice for that one, because again, this is a big question that I got. My advice for that would be to remain the person that you are always always remain the person that you are and when you sense things going in a different direction I think that's when you should pull out there's like a sweet spot when you have to pull out but I I don't think that having that combining the old you quote-unquote and the you now is going to make a difference like once you enter the the playing field of okay this is like this is back to the future, uh, <laughs> this is back to the past. I really don't think that trying to address that with who you are now is going to do much good in a situation where it never worked in the past. Like sometimes, yes, certain conversations can lead to to new beginnings with our parents, but for the most part, they will not happen when there's an argument or when there's, you know what I mean? It just won't. Um, I think that those are conversations to be had after or just, you know, at other times. But I do, but I believe that when you are feeling like, oh, okay, here we go, I think it's best to not try to assert yourself as the adult in those situations, like as in over them with, because you think you have a solution. I've found anyway that it's it's not helpful. Um, I think the best thing to do is to remain the adult that you are, absolutely, and to act accordingly in terms of not wanting to go back and fix the past, but how to make the present better so that the future can be better. Okay, so that was a lot to say just that. But basically, it can become so confusing. And obviously, I'm trying to be very careful here because I don't know what every situation is out there for your parents and you. Um, So I'm using myself as an example. But basically, what I'm saying is, it's what I found to be helpful is that I try not to be um, the, I I try not to be, who I am now as a means to change what was. I've accepted what was. I've accepted certain dynamics as they are. I've accepted the past. I've accepted, yeah, certain dynamics as they are between us. And I try not to be who I am now as a means to change any of that. I I, I use my who I am now and the tools that I've acquired to set, you know, state my boundaries or to set my boundaries or to know when to walk away or to know how to pick my battles or to know when it's time to yeah back away, get some space. I know how to ask for space as well. I know how to um, ask that certain boundaries be respected. I know how to state those things now. So as an adult, I'm addressing the relationship now as adults, as we're all adults. I address it like that. But when things happen... That are, rep- that are indicative or that are representative of the past or that bring us all back to the past, um, I don't try to fix that with the adult that I am now. 
So I don't know if that was very clear, if that makes any sense, but um, I think it's not as obvious as we think. I think often we think that we're being adults and that this is a new situation, but it's not. It's an old dynamic. It's an old situation. One in which you will probably forever be a child to your parents. Yeah? And you you can't go back there and try to fix it as the adult because what, what happens is it's not even about your parents. They're not doing anything wrong necessarily. It's it, Again, it depends on the situation. Let's just say they're not doing anything wrong. It's not that. It's just that they don't know really who you are now in that way. They only know who, like who you were in that story. So trying to go back and fix that story with who you are now will just lead to this like losing battle and especially if it's like a bit of a toxic dynamic where there was some toxicity there and some very unhealthy um yeah cycles or even some abuse well then forget it I mean in those situations it's just it's not going to be helpful to try to fix it right because that's what we tend to want to do we want to fix it we want to make it better we're like but I know better now we can make it better because this is what it should have been then but it wasn't but it can be this now and it's like "Mm, yeah but no not based on the premise of before not based on the reality that has been and that is being and that is being acted out now no you can't what you can do though however is be like right okay I sense this happening. We've been here before. I'm now going to do the adult thing as who I am now and, you know, get some space or state my boundaries or state my opinion or whatever. And and then what happens, happens, right? Like you can calmly say what you have to say and that's it. If you, they don't listen or if if, if, it, if it just blows up or, or the gaslighting behavior starts, I mean, just walk away. But that fixing thing that you think you can now fix... You can't. That That's not the way that this is going to work, yeah? That's something that you have to sort out with yourself. Once you get off the phone or once you leave the conversation, whatever it is, that's something that you need to do inside yourself. You need to think, okay, I'm trying to fix this right now so desperately because of all the times I wanted to fix it in the past, but I couldn't. So what I'm trying to save is not this. It's me then. I'm trying to save myself. So you need to remember who you are now. And say, no, no, that that girl, that boy that was then, uh, like, I'll take care of it. And I've taken care of it and I'm going to continue to take care of it. And, and that I'm all I need right now. This dynamic, this situation has nothing to do with that. Me frantically trying to make it better or, or fix it or be heard or be seen and all that stuff, like that was broken a while ago and that's that's something that you heal from and that's done with yourself now when you have these interactions whatever they may be yeah whether they're the same toxic dynamic or abusive behavior from the past or whether it's just difficulties you're having with your parents because obviously we all have them whatever they are that distinction between you then and you now needs to be made you then you have to take care of that with yourself yeah we all do you now you need to use it as a means to control or to not to control, but to deal with the situation at hand. And it's extremely difficult to do that. And it's it's hard to know if you're doing it or not. Or, you know, it's it's hard, especially when you're in the moment. But you need to deal with it as you are now. It can't be like, oh, you've always done this. I know this behavior. This is what you've always done. And I was not able to say anything about it then, but I will now. And and like once that dialogue begins, 
you've you you yeah you need to back away because that's where you're going to hurt yourself okay because you're you're there are two things happening in parallel and it's just they're going so quickly that if they touch they're going to spark right and it's just going to ignite the, the two have to remain separate if you want to discuss with your parents things that have happened in the past, you want to sort through those things, that's one thing. But if something is happening now as the people that you are now about something, whatever it may be, okay, um, that has to be addressed with you now, okay? So yeah, one last time, those two are separate and do not use yourself now, like who you are now and the situation that you're in now to fix the past or to fix anything that was because you think you're going to make it better it really has to be separate and um and that's really difficult to do it's difficult to do in general like even with our partners um to you know to move forward uh you know especially if there's been like a big emotional trauma in the relationship it's difficult to move past that obviously and it's difficult to rebuild trust as well right um or to foster forgiveness you know these things take time and relationships are hard work as in they take mindfulness and they take effort and intention just to begin with especially when there have been challenges or like i said traumas or <clears throat> sorry or even in, you know infidelity or something like that um it's it's hard to build from that but it has to be done and it's difficult you know 10 years after something like that happens it's difficult to be with your partner and regard something for what it is now. Uh, often what's difficult with grief and with forgiveness is that we have trouble facing the situation at hand without bringing in what happened in the past. That's a part of forgiveness is understanding that that you, you, you either forgive or you don't, right? Like you, every situation after that has to be addressed as it is on its own. You know, it, it can't be like, well, this one time 10 years ago, you know, it's like it's hard to do that because it's always in the back of your mind. But part of moving forward, part of, you know, forgiving is so that you don't live with that anymore. And then you make that choice with your partner because you don't want to hold it against them anymore either. You know, both are choosing just to, to move past it. Um and so that same, and I don't want to get too much into that because that's obviously another discussion entirely. I'm just trying to make a little comparison here um, with how we need to address our situation. So, and, and, it's, and it's the same from one relationship to another, right? Like you cannot punish your current partner for things that your ex has done to you. You also can't punish your partner for things that your parents have done to you. You can't punish your parents for things that your partner's done to you. You know, you can't punish your friends for things that your other friends have done or, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So all of these things uh, need to be kept. And this is why it's difficult. It's hard. The, you know, human existence can be can be difficult. It can be hard to navigate through everything and, and make the right choices. And, you know, it's difficult. So. Um, but the good news is, <laughs> this is not all bad. <laughs> no, this is all very, very good. The the good news is, especially, that you have all the tools. Like you, all you need is you, and all you need is is your experience and you know a little bit of mindfulness, a little bit, of, you know, the your world go round. That's what makes your world go round. Your little ecosystem function in harmony. Um, but it's not always going to be easy and always going to be pleasant, you know. It's, it's certainly not. Um, but I think the most important thing is to know what you have to offer yourself and how you can help yourself, really. And 
Now, yeah, so, so, yeah, basically what I wanted to touch on or what I wanted to discuss today was, yeah, these different behaviors, these different ways of dealing with it. Um, the most important thing is boundaries, of course. I mean, understanding the behavior. And also, this might go without saying, but I'm just going to say it in case. This is not to say that every time someone is hurtful or every time something happens that you have to shut someone down and just say, oh, you're gaslighting or, oh, you're projecting or, oh, you're like this. This is not meant to be a weapon or meant to be a way to dominate or overpower someone or gain control over someone. That's really the furthest thing from my intentions with these and the purpose of these episodes. Um, really, it's just a question of if you are a victim of this or if you are going through this right now, this should shine light on some things and hopefully offer you some some perspective and some tools and some advice. But naturally, the conversations that you have with whomever it is that you're thinking about right now as you listen to this, they need to be had with respect, mutual respect and mutual open communication, you know, honesty and trust. That's the only way that anything can really flourish, you know, and there has to be compassion, of course, and kindness and love. And that's the only way. So nothing should ever be used as a weapon. Nothing should ever be used to assert power or dominance or control over someone under no circumstances is that appropriate, right? No matter what. Um, And so I just wanted to make that really clear. Now, I, again, would have to know every single situation in order to touch on every single thing. But I hope that as general as this may have been, that it did help you make sense of certain things and that it was helpful for you. I definitely encourage you to reach out to me if you have any questions whatsoever. Um, I try to be, I try to go in depth in this episode, but without dwelling too much on every individual thing. I hope that it came out quite complete and well-rounded in the end. But um, but yeah, that's one thing I wanted to say. And then the last thing I want to say, and this will be my last point, is that our behavior is entirely to do with us, right? I've said this multiple times, and. Everybody else's behavior is about is about them, yeah? The most important thing to remember is that you, if someone's behavior is about them and it reflects them and how they feel about themselves, then your behavior reflects how you feel about yourself. But when the person tells you that you're the reason that you feel this way, that you're the reason you feel that they are abusive. Not only is that gaslighting, but that is, I mean, I mean, a ga- gaslighting is abusive, but I, I just mean that is a really, really difficult one. When you say to yourself, well, how they are behaving is how they feel about themselves. And I know that what they're doing is abusive. I know it's inappropriate. I know I need to set some boundaries or perhaps even get some space for a long time or maybe even sever ties. But when they tell you, well, you you think I'm being abusive or you think like it's or you think this or but I'm upset because of you, like we're doing like we do this because of you or I'm doing this because you um, nobody is allowed to blame you for how they behave. Everyone has to be completely responsible for how they behave. Everyone has to hold themselves accountable for how they behave. Yeah. And if someone tells you that you just think because of how you are that this is abusive behavior, then maybe it's time to get some space, okay? Then maybe it's some time to 
collect yourself a little bit and just remember why it is that you feel the way you do. Um, And then maybe one day you can have a chat with them and just explain and you can just both hold space for each other and have a nice conversation and a nice little healing, a healing circle or something or a feeling circle and just talk about it. Um, But and then move and become stronger from there. But um, if you feel like something is abusive or something is wrong, um, you're entitled to feeling that way. And and yes, how you behave is entirely on you and how they behave is about them. But one of the biggest things with gaslighting, in fact, is that you are the reason that things are happening. Um, If you say something like, yes, this is gaslighting behavior or this is abusive behavior, like why is this happening? Um then suddenly you're the reason that it's happening or you're you're the reason that that they're behaving that way or you just think that they're doing that and it's like, no, no, this is really inappropriate. Like, look what's happening. Like, look at the things that are being said and the things that are being done. Like, it's inappropriate. Um, And then you keep trying to fight that point and being like, come on, let's just look. Like, this this is so clear. Uh, And they go like, "Mm, you know, no, 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 it's just you, it's just you, it's just you. Like, that is, I think, one of the most indicative points that it's a losing battle and you need to back away before it really does completely make you go insane. Um, I think that that's a very, very common thing, especially when people feel guilty for how they're behaving or they know that you've caught them or whatever. Then they're going to say like, oh, my God, you're intolerable. Oh, my God, you're impossible. Oh, my God, everything's your fault. Look at all the drama that you cause. Look at everything that you do. And it's it's really time to pull out at that point. Like, I, I mean, all of these situations are, are reason enough to set to get some space for sure. But that's a big one when suddenly the the walls are coming crashing down and like everything's falling on you. Um, it's It's time to get out. It's time to get out because that is just going to be a lot for you. And it when you take that kind of thing on, um, yeah, it's almost like everything f- crumbling and it crumbling on you. So um, so in those cases, yeah, definitely get some space and just remember that you're allowed to feel the way you feel and you're entitled to feeling the way you feel. And mm, if something is hurtful or something is wrong or something's inappropriate, then that's a hundred percent valid, you know, and it doesn't really matter what the other person thinks, you know, if they don't want to be there for you or talk it out with you or respect you and your boundaries uh, and your space and just, you know, you, right? If, if for them that it's normal to behave like that, or it's, uh, it, they deem it appropriate to, to speak to someone like that or to speak to you like that, then that's another issue entirely, you know, and it's not your issue. So just keep that in mind and uh, and just be strong in your belief you know it takes courage to to admit to ourselves uh, that that there's something wrong sometimes and sometimes it's easier to blame ourselves for everything than to realize that hey I actually didn't do anything in this like I don't deserve that behavior like this is really wrong and it's hard to accept that and it's hard to do something about it so if you are in that position now just keep being strong keep being Uh, brave keep being there for yourself and remember this is not a war this is not a competition it's not a one-upping thing but some awareness some mindfulness yeah and some some um some kindness and compassion of course uh, on for both for yourself and for the other um will allow this to be resolved hopefully lovingly or parting ways lovingly 
so that's it for me today you guys um I hope this was nice for you. I hope it was good. We'll be speaking next month. I think, yes, 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 because it's the 27th and then that's it. Um, sorry, I'm recording this on the 27th, but it's going to be the 28th tomorrow when you listen to this. But um, yeah, we'll be talking in February next time. Wow, already the second month of 2020. How exciting. <laughs> so anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed. I hope that wherever you are, you are happy, healthy, safe and at peace. I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your week and I cannot wait to tune in with you or to um, to speak with you soon uh, and hear from you and I look forward to our next episode. Namaste.